0: All right, precious be our loving Abba for gathering us once again to study his words and his commandments. The topic of our study today is the mystery of lawlessness. Lawlessness means to be without the law, and when it comes to the law, we know it refers to the law of Yahuwah Abba, primarily the commandments of Yahuwah Alahim. And so we're going to look at this mystery as penned by the Apostle Paul. What did he say about lawlessness? The book of 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, where the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. So what is the warning of Apostle Paul concerning lawlessness? He said the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And so even during the days of the apostles, lawlessness and the mystery surrounding it was already in operation the truth is this work of lawlessness has been around for a long long time because the spirit of lawlessness is the spirit of the adversary seeking to provoke the anger of yahuwah abba but what do we mean by the mystery of lawlessness what is lawlessness all about at its core in the book of psalms 119 126 It is time for you to act, O Yahuwah, for they have regarded your law as void. What is the essence of lawlessness? To regard the laws, the commandments of Yahuwah Abba, including and especially the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah Abba as void. There are people who render it void by saying because they're not interested in it. They don't want to live according to the laws and commandments of Yahuwah Abba. There are those who say they believe in Yahuwah Abba, but they say it's no longer applicable during our time. In that sense, they also regard the law as void. Can you imagine that so many professing Christians today considered the law, including the Ten Commandments, void or obsolete? So I just, I remember uh, my dad, He called upon a minister and asked him about the Ten Commandments. And this minister minister said, during our time, the Ten Commandments is already void. It is obsolete. And so we are not surprised that this is taking place. It's part of the mystery of lawlessness. Because what provides mystery of lawlessness is the very fact the very people who should be upholding the law are the ones preaching against it. Instead of obeying and preaching for it and magnifying the law, they say it is void, it is already obsolete. And so there is indeed this mystery of lawlessness that is unfolding, and it started long, long ago. Now, who also warned about lawlessness? Matthew seven twenty-one to 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, who also warned us about lawlessness. It is our king, Yahushua. Remember, Uh, lawlessness could be the stumbling block preventing people who desire to be saved, who desire to be a follower. It could be what prevents them from entering the kingdom of heaven. That would be sad and tragic indeed, right? And this is what precisely our King Yahusha is warning us about. He says, on the day of judgment, on the day of reckoning, there will be many, who are thinking they're going to be saved, right? Why are they thinking they're going to be saved? Because they have faith in Yahushua. They have faith in Yahuwah. Not only that, they do the works. They believe are the works of Yahuwah and Yahushua. This is why it says they cast out demons in the name of Yahushua. They, they do wonders and miracles in his name. They prophesy and proclaim righteousness in his name. But what's the problem? Our King Yahushua says two things. Number one. They do not do the will of my father. Number two, they practice what? Lawlessness. Do you remember the will of our father? In Ephesians 1, 9 to 10, we know it is to be gathered in the one body belonging to who? Our king? Yahushua. However, that's just the beginning of Yahuwah's work in us to gather us in the one body of Yahushua. We have to complete what Yahuwah has begun in us. In Philippians 1, remember? Yehovah started a good work. We have to complete it. How so? In Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, what does it say? By grace, we are saved by being added to the body of Yahushua so that we can fulfill the good works that was assigned for us to do, which is to obey the law. This is why those who comply to the will of Abba, they do the will of Abba. And complete Yahuwah's will, which means they live a life, not of lawlessness, but lawfulness. They practice the law. They do not practice lawlessness. And so we need to make sure, especially if we already belong to Yahusha, that we continue to practice lawlessness and uh, practice lawfulness, practice the law, instead of preaching against the law or practicing lawlessness and because of lawlessness what shall become of many people especially during these last days matthew 24 12 and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold that's not surprising why well what is the law about what is the law of yahuwah abba the 10 commandments about what is it about primarily in its essence what is it about It's about love, right? Loving Yahuwah Abba, loving your fellow man, loving your neighbor as yourself. And so if one practices lawlessness, if one will reject the law or the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah Abba, it goes without saying. The love of many will grow cold. And so we need to practice the law, preach the law, because it is about love. That's what the law is in its essence. But who is behind this work of lawlessness? Let's read the book of 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 to 9. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Who is really behind the mystery and work of lawlessness. It is the adversary, Satan. You see, he does not want to please Yahuwah God. He wants to provoke Yahuwah God. He knows there's nothing he can do about his plight about his faith, and so what he wants to do is to bring as much trouble as he can to Yahuwah Abba, so he wants to provoke him, and so he's going to work throughout history, and he did work throughout history using lawlessness, and he continues to do so until the very end. Now, why is Satan, the adversary, so focused on lawlessness? What is his aim and purpose? Daniel chapter 7:25 He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws and they will be placed under his control for a time, times and a half a time. What is the purpose of the adversary in focusing on lawlessness, changing the laws, changing the festivals? What is his purpose? To defy the Most High, Yahuwah Abba. This is why when there are religions that, for example, say the Ten Commandments are obsolete, or they even replace the Ten Commandments of Abba, or if they say out of the Ten Commandments, there's one that is no longer at work. It's no longer applicable. Maybe the Sabbath, they say, is no longer applicable. But the others are still applicable. But the Sabbath is no longer in effect. Well, when people begin to think that, score one for the enemy. Because he is causing people to defy the Most High, Yahuwah Abba. Do you know what the equivalent is? When we change the laws of Yahuwah Abba, when we change his Ten Commandments, Let's read what it says in the book of Deuteronomy 13, 1 to 4. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and he gives you a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams For Yahuwah your God is testing you to know whether you love Yahuwah your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after Yahuwah your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. What is the equivalent of changing the commandments of Yahuwah Abba? What is the equivalent of adding or subtracting from the commandments of Yahuwah Abba? The equivalent is idolatry. What is idolatry anyways? It's when you go after other gods. What does it mean to go after other gods? It means you begin to follow their laws. The other gods commandments. This is why Yahuwah and faithfulness to Yahuwah. Is about faithfulness to his commandments. And so when we deviate from his commandments. And observe another set of commandments. Guess what? We are following a different God. It's called idolatry. It's unfortunate so many people today are following the sun God. Right? They celebrate their birthday. Do you know when the birthday of the sun God is? December 25. They celebrate a festival called Easter. When is that? During Passover time, right? They change Sabbath from Saturday to when? Sunday. And so when they change the commands, the equivalent is they worship other gods. And so when we say that we are loyal to Yahuwah, then by definition, according to Deuteronomy 13, we have to be loyal to his commands we cannot say we're loyal to Yahuwah God when we took out one of the ten commandments when we say nine is okay but you know the one about Sabbath we don't need that when we do that we are committing idolatry we are no longer faithful and loyal to Yahuwah Abba always remember if you want to please Abba we have to always keep his commandments you know This teaching right here in Deuteronomy 13, 1 to 4, provides really a way by which the devil can try and push the buttons of Yahuwah. Because here in this passage, if you we if we can call it pushing the buttons of Yahuwah, you know, making him angry, you know, the saying, pushing one's buttons, right? If you want to push Yahuwah's buttons, if you want to really provoke him, two things. Number one, worship other gods, right? You do that, it's called idolatry. And, and we've seen throughout scriptures, that's the one thing Yahuwah God hates. Number two, it's when you say his laws are what? Obsolete. When you say his laws are void, that also pushes the buttons of Yahuwah God because they're connected. Idolatry and, and avoiding the laws of Abba, they are connected. And so this gives actually a strategy for the devil, the adversary, to provoke and to defy Yahuwah most high. How so? I mean, what would be the best strategy for the devil to really provoke Yahuwah, Abba, and cause him to become angry? When you think about it, right, the best possible scenario for the devil is to cause his only begotten son, Yahusha, to rebel against Abba Yahuwah, right? How? I mean, what would be the best scenario for the devil? Well, for the devil, the best scenario would be to convince Yahusha to make the claim that he too is God, Right? Can you imagine what that what would happen if that was the case? What else? To convince Yahusha to teach that the laws of Yahuwah Abba are void. That also would provoke the anger of Yahuwah Abba. But of course, we know Yahusha will never do that. Because we know Yahushua is the perfect son of Abba. So what's the best thing that the devil can hope for? Well, number one, cause people to believe. That King Yahusha is also God, right? Has he succeeded there? I think so. So many of Christendom today believe also that Yahusha is God, the Trinity, right? What else will he do? He will cause people to believe that King Yahusha abolished the commandments of Yahuwah, Allahim. Has he succeeded in doing that? Oh, yes. So many of Christendom today, they believe The Ten Commandments of Yahuwah Abba are no longer relevant and applicable to us. And so that's what he wants to do. He wants to cause lawlessness. But what is the strategy applied or employed by Satan so that people can be led not to practicing the law, but to lawlessness? Well, we get an idea of what he tried to do with Mashiach. The book of Matthew 4, three down to four. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so what is the strategy of the adversary to cause people to live in lawlessness? What's the first strategy? It's called what? Temptation, right? This is why the adversary is also called the tempter. He will tempt you to violate the commands of yahuwah And so here is the tempter. Who is he trying to tempt? Yahusha. What is his temptation? If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now, what did King Yahusha do? Well, he says, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." Do you know where? That came from, was that something invented by Mashiach? No, he says it is written. It's in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three. And so when our King Yahushua was here on earth, did he abolish the law? No, he depended on the law in his battle against the tempter. What else? Matthew 4, 5 to to 7, another temptation. The devil took him up to the holy city Set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Yahusha said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt Yahuwah your God. What did our king Yehusha do? Did he say the laws are no longer relevant to me? No, he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16. And so he depended on the law. What else? Matthew 4:8 to 11. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, "All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me." Then Yahusha said to him, "Away with you, Satan! For it is written." You shall worship Yahuwah your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And so in this last temptation, in this scenario, what did our King Yahusha do to defend himself? He says, it is written. Have you noticed something in the ministry of our King Yahusha? What does he often say? It is. What does that show us? That the, what has been written has already been abolished? No, it tells us our King Yahushua is upholding and depending upon the law. If our King Yahushua depends upon the law, how much more? We must depend upon the law. So here our King Yahushua overcame and defeated the devil because he depended. Upon the law, he did not discard the law, he overcame the temptation and defeated the devil because of the law, but you know what, the devil doesn't stop at just temptation, he has other strategies up his sleeve, right, he tempts us, but also in addition to that what also does he do, let's read what it says. In the book of Revelation 12 9 to 10 so the great dragon was cast out the serpent of old called the devil and satan who deceives the whole world he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him then i heard a loud voice saying in heaven now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our god day and night has been cast down besides temptation what also is our world? what also are some of the tools that belong to Satan's tool belt. There's also deception, and there's also accusation, right? And when it comes to deception, deception, I think that is his bread and butter. Why? Because he's able to deceive the whole world. Think about it. How many? I mean, just look at Christendom by itself. How many among Christendom believe that Yahusha is God? Practically all of it. How many within Christendom believe that the Ten Commandments no longer apply, that the law of Moses no longer apply? Practically all of Christendom. Has he deceived the world? Yes. Has he deceived Christendom? Yes. How many people has he convinced that the name that will be for salvation is Jesus? this is why when you think about the work of deception, you know the devil, he has mastered that craft. And so we should not follow the majority. What we must follow is the voice of Yahuwah and Yahusha through the scriptures, through the help of the Holy Spirit. This is why we're studying this today, because we don't want to be deceived by the enemy. And if we cannot be deceived by the enemy, you know what he's going to use? He's going to accuse. He will accuse Yahusha of being the one who taught that the law is to be neglected, to be obsolete. But of course, despite the fact that so many have been convinced by that, we know Yahusha never did that. And so please, brethren, be aware of the strategies of the enemy to create lawlessness. He will tempt. Yes, He will deceive. Yes. And he will accuse. And later in our study, we will see how he will use accusation to promote his ideology that the law of Yahuwah Abba is no longer applicable during the time of Yahusha. We know he cannot tempt Yahusha. He cannot deceive Yahusha. This is why when he was here on earth, when he began his ministry, when he began his preaching function, Do you know what the first thing, one of the first things he did was in the book of Matthew 5, 17 to 20, do not think that I have come to do away with the law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets. I have not come to do away with them, but to make their teachings come true. Remember that as long as heaven and earth last, not the least point nor the smallest detail of the law will be done away with, not until the end of all things. So then whoever disobeys, Even the least important of the commandments and teaches others to do the same will be least in the kingdom of heaven. On the other hand, whoever obeys the law and teaches others to do the same will be great in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you then you will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven only if you are more faithful than the teachers of the law and the Pharisees in doing what God requires. According to our King Yahushua, one of the first things he did when he started his public ministry was what? To set the foundation of what he's going to do. What is that? He said right away, because he knows the traps the devil's going to pull. He knows the kind of deception he's going to put out there. And so at the outset, at the very beginning of his ministry, he said, I did not come to do away with the law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets. Instead, I have come to make their teachings come true. And this is what he did throughout his ministry. He fulfilled the law perfectly without, without fail, without imperfection, perfectly. He was able to fulfill the law of Moses. But not only that, just in case... There are those who were thinking, well, that's for Yahusha. But how about for the rest? Well, Yahusha also said, not only did he say he came to fulfill the law, he also said the law is to be applicable until when? The end of all things. Have we reached that point where it's already the end of all things? Not quite. Not only that, he even added, we have to obey the law and teach others to do the same. So not only must we obey the law, we have to teach others, obey the law, obey the Sabbath, obey the Ten Commandments, right? What else did he say? He says, for us to enter the kingdom of heaven, we have to be more faithful than the teachers of the law and Pharisees in doing what God requires. Do you know why our King Yahusha said that? Let's read the book of Matthew 23, one down to three. Then Yahusha spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples saying, The scribes, the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works, for they say, and do not do. Why did our King Yahushua say, Our faithfulness, our obedience, our righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees? Because the Pharisees, although they sit on Moses' seat, what they end up teaching are not the teachings of Moses, but their own traditions. What do we call that again? Leaven, right? And so our King Yahushua says, listen to what they teach you, but observe and do. In other words, you got to filter out the leaven and do that, which represents the teaching of Moses, and so here in Matthew 23, he's not telling his disciples reject the law of Moses or stop doing the law of Moses. That's not what he said. He said, look and make sure that what you obey that is taught by the Pharisees are only that which was taught by Moses, not the, not the, the leavened that's out there. This is why when you think of the ministry of our King Yahushua, what did he do concerning the law of Moses? Mark 7, 9 to 13. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God. want to pause there for a while. Who is our King Yahushua rebuking here? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, right? He says, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. The leaven. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is horbin, That is a gift devoted to God. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus, you nullify the work of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you do many things. Like that. Question. Who was it who voided the law of Moses? Was it Yahusha or was it the Pharisees who nullified the law of Moses? The Pharisees. Well, how can you say that? How can you say that the Pharisees nullified the law of Moses? Because they set it aside in order to promote their tradition. And so our King Yahusha, what he did is to remove the traditions so that what stood out are the actual commands of God. What is an example of a command of God that was nullified by these traditions? It is the command of God, honor your father and your mother. But then the Pharisees invented the leaven called Corban, Right. And so instead of helping your father and mother and honoring them, they decided, okay, if I dedicate this to God, I'm free from helping father and mother. I'm free from honoring father and mother. What did our King Yahushua say? He said, you nullify the word of God. And so we can see here, our King Yahushua, not only did he preach the law of Moses, right? He removed the leaven So that the law of Moses can be restored to its pure form. This is why our King Yahushua was misunderstood. They thought he was breaking the Sabbath when what he was in fact doing was restoring the Sabbath. He did that not just for the Sabbath, but for all the laws of Yahuwah Abba, which was distorted by the Pharisees. And so the work of Yahushua is to preach. The righteousness of God, which is the Ten Commandments. What further proves this? Mark 10, 17 to 19. As Yahushua started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Yahushua answered. No one is good except God alone. And so here King Yahushua wanted to make sure one of the devil's traps is going to be exposed, right? I mean, it's very clear what our king Mashiach is doing. He's telling them, look, I'm teaching about Yahuwah God, but I am not good or perfect because there's only one good. He's making a distinction. He's making a distinction between himself and Yahuwah God. Yeah, we know is good, but the reason why he said, do not call me good is because he wants to show them that the reason why he's able to become holy is because of the help of Abba. That he's different from Abba. Okay? That's the first thing. Why do you call me good? Yahusha answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. What are they? Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. What was Yahusha teaching? What commandments was he talking about? What commandments? Doesn't that look familiar? The Ten Commandments, the Ten Words of Yahuwah, Abba. This is what was taught and preached by him. Remember the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So the first thing Yahusha teaches, know the commands and obey the commands. Take note, he didn't say that you are to discard the commands or you don't need the commands, right? But the question is this, is it enough? Is it enough? To simply obey the Ten Commandments for us to be saved. What is your answer? No, because Yahushua is not yet finished with his answer. Let's complete it. Let's go look at what he also adds to it or says about it. 20 to 21. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Yahusha looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me and so is it enough to obey the commandments no this is not what we're saying we're not teaching that we are justified by the law no we cannot be justified by the law because we are incapable of perfectly following the law right this is why our king yahushua says one thing you lack what is that come and follow me what will it take for this man to come and follow him Sell of sell all of his possessions. And so, what will this require of the man? Faith. He will not be able to sell all that and follow Yahusha unless he has faith and trusts in whom? Yahusha. So is it enough? Simply to obey the commands of Moses? Oh no. What is most important is to follow our king Yahusha, to have faith in him, to trust in him. Does it mean that after we place our trust in Yahusha, we no longer need the Ten Commandments that we can just discard and say it's no longer needed? It's voided. No, because we go to Yahusha so that we have the power to obey the Ten Commandments. Because prior to Yahusha, depending only upon our nature, our human nature, can we fulfill the commands? No. This is why when the law was given. We understood what sin was and that we are incapable of completing or perfecting the law of Moses, which points to a necessity. What is that? We need to be one with who? Yahusha, So his righteousness can be imputed in us when we become parts of his body. However, when we become added to the, to the body of Yahusha, it is so that we can carry out the works of Yahuwah Abba that has been codified in his Ten Commandments. So Yahushua was sent so that we can be paid for our sins according to the law, so that we can be saved according to the law, so that we can fulfill the law, not to discard the law. Do you get it? This is why when it comes to placing our faith in Yahushua, that's good. We need that. However, its purpose is so that we can keep or obey the commandments of God. What is the proof? When it comes to having faith in Yahushua, we need that. But we also need to obey and keep the commands of God. Let's read Revelation 14. Revelation is the last book of the Bible. At this point, where is Yahushua? In heaven, right? According to Revelation, who are the ones who are going to receive salvation? Let's read Revelation 14, 12 to 13. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep. You notice that? Who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yahusha? Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. You see, you cannot separate the two. Because Yahushua is already here, you cannot separate the two. If you keep the commandments of God, you're going to go to Yahushua. If you're in Yahusha, you keep the commandments of God, you cannot divide the two. This is why when people say we no longer need the commandments of God, then they basically have rejected Yahushua. Because the, the reason why we belong to him is so that we can keep the commandments of God. Do you notice how they're connected? And when we truly belong to Yahushua and keep the commandments of God, what does the Bible say about our destiny? The Bible says, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. And so the purpose of those who belong to Yahushua is to keep what? The commandments to keep the law. This is why the law is also the good news or the gospel because it points to Yahusha. The truth is even before Yahushua was born, It was already called good news. Because in the mind of Yahuwah, Abba, what did he declare? In John 1.1, the Logos existed in the very beginning. The Logos was with God. The Logos was divine. Who is that Logos? Who is the fulfillment of this Logos? Yahusha. The Logos means the word. And so Yahusha is like the living Torah. He's the living Torah. He's the living law. Yahusha. Represents the law. And so if we reject the law, we, re- we reject also who? Yahusha. The Logos is Yahusha. This was before the creation of all things and before he returns to earth to washer the millennium king, millennial kingdom. What was declared in the Holy Bible? Re- uh, Revelation 19:13. He is clad in a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Logos of God. So before the earth was created, Yahusha is called the Logos. Before the earth is to be destroyed, Yahusha is still called the Logos. So from beginning to end, Yahusha is the Logos. He is the Torah of Abba. He is the word of God. And even when he was here on earth, what did he say about scriptures? He says in John 5.39, you search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they who, which testify of me. me. You see the scriptures testify of who? Yahusha. They are connected. When you reject scripture, you reject Yahusha. And when you reject Yahusha, you reject who? Abba, right? This is why to reject the law means reject, rejecting Yahuwah Alahim. And Yahusha HaMashiach, because Yahusha is the law of Abba. Yahusha is the Torah of Abba. Yahusha is the logos of Abba. We cannot reject the teachings of the law. We must uphold it if we truly believe and truly belong to our king, Yahusha. And so when he was here on earth, what did he instruct us to do? So that we can remain in him and with him. John 15, 10 to 12, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. What was the teaching of our King Yahusha? To the branches. Who are the branches? John 15 is about the vine and the branches, right? Who is the the vine dresser? John 15, one. Yahuwah. Who is the vine? Yahusha. Who are we? The branches connected to the vine. Who is Yahusha, right? And so what did Yahuwah give? Yahusha as the Torah. He is the command. That's why he says, my commandments. His commandments are the father's commandments are they different no it's the same because everything taught by Yahushua is from who our loving Abba what did he say about the commandments coming from Abba he says I have kept my father's commands this is why when we look at the teachings of Yahushua whose teachings are they teachings of Yahuwah right and so we follow the teachings of Yahuwah by following the teachings of Yahusha and what is the essence of the 10 commandments again it's about love this is why Yahusha says in summary this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you because when we look at what Yahusha did how he actually fulfilled the law he's telling us to do the same and if you keep reading John 15 it even tells us how love is shown by giving up our life for the sake of our friend or our brother. When you think of the, two com- the, the, uh, the Ten Commandments, it's summarized by two, right? What's the first and greatest commandment? To love? Yehovah. What's the second and greatest commandment? To love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the best expression of love for your neighbor is to give up your life for them. And so when you look at those two commandments, our King Yahusha, guess what? He fulfilled those two greatest commandments when he died on the cross. Why did he die on the cross? He said to Abba, not my will, but your will be done. He loved Abba first and foremost. He did his will, but also he loved us. He loved us. He loved his neighbor and even his enemies. This is why he's telling us the pattern that we are to follow is what he showed he was an example of obeying the Torah. He was an example of obeying the law. And Yahushua is telling us, you have to do the same. You have to follow me. You have to abide in me. Follow him as an example. Is this what Apostle Paul taught as well? Yeah. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Apostle Peter says the same thing. You should follow his steps. And so what did Yahusha follow? The laws of God, the laws of Moses, Apostle Peter, and Apostle Paul says, imitate him. It doesn't say, do whatever you want, because you already belong to Yahushua. No, we belong to Yahushua so that we can imitate him by following the laws of Abba. How about Apostle John? Does he say something different? Take a look at this, 2 John chapter 1, 4-6. I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth. As we receive commandment from the Father. And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which that which we have, have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love. That we walk according to his commandments. This is the, the commandment. That as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it and so what did apostle john say also about the commandments bible says this is the commandment right we walk according to his commandments which commandment is that we receive the commandment from who the father yahuwah abba the 10 commandments the law of moses we are to follow because that's what we receive from the beginning And so, ever since it was given long ago on a mount called Sinai, we who belong to Yahushua are are being empowered to fulfill it. And what is its essence again? It is to love. We have to walk in it. The truth are the commandments from the Father, love are the commandments from the Father. Truth and love go together because they're one and the same thing. The commandments. Of Yahuwah Abba, the law of God, the Ten Commandments. So we have to follow that. And so King Yahusha and the apostles, they were not deceived into believing and teaching the law is voided and obsolete. They were not. But we know the enemy will do his best. If temptation doesn't work and deception doesn't work, what will he use? Will he use what was the last part? Yeah. When temptation and deception fails, the adversary will use accusation and persecution. (laughs) Maybe some of us are feeling that now. Maybe some of you have been contacted by someone you love and say, why are you observing the Sabbath? Why are you observing the law? Why do you believe the Ten Commandments? We already have the Ten Commandments. We have it on our wall. It was given to us already. You don't need the Ten Commandments of Moses. You don't need the Ten Commandments and no, an Exodus and Deuteronomy. That's obsolete. And so perhaps some of us are being persecuted. Some of us are being accused. But you know what? That's the work of who? The enemy. That's the work of the enemy. And we're not alone. What's the proof? I'll give you an example. Someone by the name of Stephen. Who was he? And Stephan, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen. Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia disputing with Stephen, debating with him. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So we, here we have Stephen. Do you remember who Stephen was? He was the, one of the first deacons. Remember, he's a man full of the Holy Spirit. He was chosen by Yahuwah Abba for the apostles. And so he became a deacon and he proclaimed the word of Abba. He proclaimed all about Yahushua HaMashiach. But when he was proclaiming, what did he experience? Confrontation from who? The synagogue, people, the Jewish people disputing with him, but they could not resist Stephen because he was filled with wisdom and he was filled with the spirit when he spoke. This is why he could not be deceived. Perhaps the enemy tried to deceive him with the synagogue, right? Using the synagogue as an instrument to deceive him, but they could not deceive Stephen. And so what will they do? Well, let's go see. Acts 6, 11 14. Then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against his holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Yahusha of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And so because they could not resist the preaching of Stephen, what did they do? He accused him, right? What was the accusation? That he's speaking blasphemous words against Moses and gone, that he spoke against the law, that he was trying to change the law of Moses. In short, the accusation against Stephen was the practice of lawlessness. They were saying, Stephen, because Yahusha has come, Stephen is preaching that the law of Moses is obsolete. Because of that, what happened to Stephen? Acts 7, 57, 60. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Yahushua, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And so what happened to Stephan after being accused of changing the law of Moses? So he had to face the priests and he defended himself. If you read the book of Acts chapter 7, he proclaimed Moses And he proclaimed the fulfillment of Moses to be who? Our king, Yahushua. And so he did not reject the law. He simply said, Yahushua is the fulfillment of Moses. But they could not take that. And so what did they do to him? They stoned him. Is it true that he made Moses obsolete? Is that true? I want you to look at the passage again of which he was accused. Acts 6, 11 and 14. We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. You see that, that first part? Was he, is that really what Stephen did? No. They secretly induced men to say that, right? Take a look at the other one. Speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. But they also set up false witnesses who said that. Stephen never did that, right? What else did they do? They stirred up the people, which caused him to be persecuted. And so the accusation that Stephen changed the law of Moses, that doesn't come from Stephen. It came from who? The false witnesses. That's why you cannot use Acts 6 to say, well, there you go. We have a martyr. He changed the law of Moses. And because of that, he suffered for Yahushua. Wait a minute. That's not what he did. Yeah, he suffered for our king Yahushua. But he did not say that the law of Moses is obsolete. That's not what he said. And so here, we cannot use that as an example for why we should void the law of Moses. Okay. What else? Who also experienced the same kind of accusation. Let's read the book of Acts 9, 20 to 22. Immediately, he preached. The Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name, on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus proving that this Yahushua is the Christ. Who was this? This is Apostle Paul, right? He was a witness to what happened to Stephen. And he was so upset with Stephen for trying to change the law of Moses. What did he do? He wanted to also arrest the other followers of Yahushua. So he went to Damascus to target the synagogues and the worshipers there to bring them in bondage to the chief priests, right? But on his way, what happened to him? He was called by our king, Yahushua. And you find that 180. And so now he begins to preach about the son of God. He pro- he's now testifying that Yahushua is the son of God and the Christ. Does it mean he stopped preaching Moses? Acts 13, 14 and 15, 42. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. And so when Yahusha is not preaching about, no, when Paul is not preaching about our King Yahushua, does it mean he stopped preaching about Moses. Does it mean he stopped following the law of Moses? No, that's not what it means. In fact, he met, he continued his custom on the day of Sabbath to go to the synagogue to preach the word of God. What did he include in his preaching? The law and the prophets. And he also now is preaching the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Who is that? Yahusha. You see, they go together. You cannot divide them. They go together. This is why if you believe in Yahusha, you must believe and accept the law and the prophets. Because if you say it's void, then you're saying Yahusha is void as well. And so Yahusha, I mean, Apostle Paul and stephen when they preached Moses, they now preach it in tandem with our king, Yahusha. They're together, okay? It's a, a package deal, so to speak. And so he began to preach Moses, yes, and he preached uh, Yahusha, yes but what accusation was made against him acts 18 when Gallio was made a roman governor of achaia jews there got together seized paul and took him to court this man they said is trying to persuade people to worship god in a way that is against the law paul was about to speak when Gallio said to the jews if this were a matter of some civil crime or wrong that has been committed it would be reasonable for me to be patient with you Jews. But since it is an argument about words and names and your own law, you yourselves must settle it. I will not be judged of such things. And he drove them out of the court. They all grabbed Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the court. But that did not bother Gallio a bit. Wow, these people are pretty violent, huh? They're violent. Aggressive persecutors. Who do you think is behind that? <laughs> yep. A spirit of lawlessness is at work. The one behind it is Satan. And so they cause people to seize Paul, take him to court. But since the argument and the case is about the law, right? About the name, because at this point, Apostle Paul's out preaching Yahusha, the name of Yahusha. And so the Jews, well, they got mad. They think that Apostle Paul is now changing or teaching people to worship God. That is against the law of Moses. But is that true? No, it's not true. We'll find out later on. What did Apostle Paul, what did Apostle Paul continue to do? Let's read Acts 18, 18. Did he, in fact, stop practicing the law? Did he stop preaching the law? Paul stayed on with the believers in Corinth for many days then left them and sailed off with Priscilla and Achilla for Syria. Before sailing from uh, uh, Centrae, he had had his head shaved because of a vow he had taken. What vow was that? The Nazarite vow. Remember that? So he still practiced the law. Okay. What else? 19 and 21. And he came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay a longer time with them. He did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must, by all means, keep this coming feast in Jerusalem. But I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. What also proves that he continued to practice the law. Well, the Bible says that I must, by all means, keep the coming feast in Jerusalem so he traveled to Jerusalem to keep the peace and so this tells us he was keeping the law he was preaching the law keeping the law and when he went to Jerusalem who did he visit and what problem emerged Acts 21 when we arrived in Jerusalem the believers welcomed us warmly the next day, Paul went with us to see James, and all the church elders were present. Paul greeted them and gave a complete report of everything that God had done among the Gentiles through his work. After hearing him, they all praised God. Then they said, "Brother Paul, you can see how many thousands of Jews have become believers and how devoted they are to thee." What did he say? "The law." They have all, they have been told that you have been teaching all the Jews who live in Gentile countries to abandon the law of Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or to follow the Jewish customs. And so here we have uh, Apostle Paul, when he went to Jerusalem, right, he decided, okay, I'm going to go visit James to tell them the good news. And so he told James the good news, the Gentiles were coming to Yahusha, and James Also said the good news to Paul, you know, there are thousands of Jews who follow Yahusha as well, become believers and are devoted to what? The law. You notice even James, right, is telling us that following the law and being a follower of Yahusha are not mutually exclusive. They go together. And so when he said this, uh, uh, James speaks to Paul and says that, They received a report, okay? A report that Paul has been teaching the Jews who live in Gentile countries to abandon the law of Moses. And so the accusation is made against him. So what was the reply? Well, let's read Acts 21, 22, 24. What shall we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. So do what we tell you. There are four men with us who have made a vow. Take these men. Uh, join in their purification rights and pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved. Then everybody will know there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the law. And so when Apostle Paul was being accused of abandoning the law of Moses, what did he do? He united with James and the other followers of Yahusha in Jerusalem, To convince those who were accusing him that their accusations are not true. And so what is the important point here? The important point is that he continued to live in obedience to the law. And so not just Apostle Paul, but James and the other apostles in Jerusalem. Those who believe in Yahushua, they still followed the law, including and especially the Ten Commandments of Yahuwah. Abba, but did this stop the accusations from coming? Acts 21, 27, 28. Now when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stared up the whole crowd and laid his hands on him, crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against the people, against the law and against his place. And furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. So the persecution, the accusation continues. Who's behind it? The devil, the adversary, Satan. What did the apostle Paul say in his defense? Nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. And so he's denying it. The only thing that he's admitting to is, but this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets and so in his defense did he say the law and the prophets are no longer applicable or relevant that's not what he said yes he belongs to the way because he's a follower of yahushua HaMashiach. he placed his faith in him but it doesn't mean that he discards the law because we know but until his very last day, he preached the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. Because he uses that to point people to Yahushua. So, and once in Yahusha, again, you keep the commandments of Yahuwah. That's how it's supposed to work. And this was taught by him in his famous sermons in the book of Romans. Romans 3.31, do we make void the law through faith? That's the question he asks. Because there are those who may be thinking, if you live a life of faith, if you profess faith in Yahusha, if you are baptized in his name and added to his body, does it mean the law is void because of faith? And so he asked the question, do we make void the law through faith? And he had an emphatic answer, certainly not. On the contrary. We establish the law. Do you see that? Those who belong to Yahusha are empowered to carry out the law. The truth is, unless we belong to Yahusha, it would be impossible for us to carry out the law. We need to first be in Him. But not for the purpose of discarding the law or voiding the law, but for establishing the law or obeying the law. And so... Apostle Paul never preached against the law of Yahuwah Abba. In fact, this is what he says about the law. He says, therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. If then I do what I will not do, I agree with the law that it is good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. So this is what Apostle Paul said about the law. He did not say it's obsolete. He said it's holy and just and good. I delight in the law of God. And so at no point did Apostle Paul stop practicing the law and preaching the law. Because in Yahusha, having faith in Yahusha empowers you to carry out and establish the law. However, like Apostle Paul said, he already felt. What did he feel? What was already at work? The mystery of what? Lawlessness. Mrs. is in his journeys, what did he warn about? Night and day with tears. Let's read the book of Acts twenty twenty-eight. Look at that. Our famous verse. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. See, Apostle Paul already knew the mystery of, what was that again? Lawlessness was already at hand. And so he was warning the bishops, he was warning the people there in Ephesus, something's going to happen after I leave, something's going to happen after he dies. He was speaking about an apostasy, right? An apostasy, a turning away from the faith. And who will perpetrate this? Who will lead this apostasy? Who will lead this work of lawlessness? Savage wolves. Well, what does that mean? Savage wolves. Who are likened to savage wolves according to prophecy? Ezekiel 22, 6 to 7, 26 to 27. See how each of the princes of Israel who are in you uses his power to shed blood. And so that's one of the characteristics of a wolf. Someone who has authority and power. But. They misuse that power. They use their power to do what? Bible says to shed blood. If you, they have treated father and mother with contempt. That's another characteristic. They treat father and mother with contempt. What else? In you, they have oppressed the alien and mistreated the fatherless and the widow. That's another characteristic. What else? Her priests do violence to my law. How do you do violence to the law of Jehovah? When you say it's no longer... Relevant, when it's voided, right? And profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. And they shut their eyes. You see that? They shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. Her officials within her are like wolves, wolves tearing their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. So who are likened to savage wolves? Religious leaders who have authority and power, but they misuse their authority and power. Instead of helping, they oppress. Instead of saving, they kill. And even when it comes to treating father and mother with honor, they reject that. Instead, they treat them with contempt. They even mistreat the fatherless and the widow. They reject the law, perhaps even replace the law. And what else will they do? They will turn their eyes from keeping the Sabbath. Does this sound familiar? Does this fit a pattern somehow, some way, concerning the apostasy? We all know the Bible is a book of patterns. And this pattern obviously is repeating itself and we can see it unfolding as a matter of fact the reason why we are here today is because we saw this pattern and we declared loyalty to Yahuwah Abba and so these religious rulers they will use their power not to do Yahuwah's will but something else what also will the savage wolves do how will they lead apostasy Let's go back to Acts 20. You look at verse 30. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. How will they lead many to apostasy? The Bible says these religious leaders, religious teachers, they will distort the truth and draw away disciples after them. What does that mean? They will distort the truth. Let's read the book of 2 Peter 3:15 and 17. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. I want to pause here for a while. Who is the writer of this passage? Apostle Peter. Does he acknowledge the writings of Apostle Paul? Yes. And he says that the writings of Apostle Paul is from the wisdom that God gave him. Okay, so he is endorsing Apostle Paul. However, he said something about the letters, about the writings of Apostle Paul that we need to heed. What is that? Verse 16, he says, he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters, what does it say? Contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people, what do they do? Distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. You know how you distort scripture when you take one passage, isolate it from the context, and connect it to another on another passage which is not within the context of that particular passage. What do you do? You're twisting it, you're distorting scripture. Do you know any who are who are like that? Maybe not, huh? But Apostle, Apostle Peter says, when you look at the writings of Apostle Paul, there are some things hard to understand, and they distort that. Not only that, but other scriptures. You know, Apostle Paul is often quoted, often quoted by those who say that the law, the Ten Commandments, no longer apply in the Christian era. Apostle Paul is often the culprit. This is why in our next study, our next BHP, We're going going to go through one by one all the passages that they're saying that Apostle Paul wrote that they they say teaches that the law of Moses no longer applies in the Christian era. Is that okay? We do that next time. But let's stick here because this is good. Let's keep reading 17. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men. And fall from your secure position. Apostle Peter speaking to the Christians. The followers of Yahushua. They're in a secure position. Right? But they're in danger of falling from that secure position. When? When they follow the error of lawless men. Who are these lawless men? Teachers. Why are they called lawless? Because when they read Paul, they think the law is abolished this is why mystery of lawlessness is already at work and so according to apostle peter they will distort the scriptures not only the letters of paul but the whole scriptures and so we have to be careful we have to be watchful we have to make sure that we are not affected by this work of lawlessness so how can lawlessness be overcome how can lawlessness be overcome by <laughs> lawfulness right because if there's lawlessness and apostle paul preached about that apostasy which we know is the pattern of scripture there's always apostasy but before apostasy takes place what does jehovah god do what does he do before apostasy he leaves behind what small remnants is this what happened to us? Yes. But what is the responsibility of the very small remnant? The Bible says, we've read this numerous times. What is our responsibility? Now that Yahuwah God has set us apart because the others have rejected the law of Yahuwah Abba, what must we do? The Bible says in verse 10, hear the word of Yahuwah. You rulers of Sodom, give ear to the law of our God. You see, restoration. Must begin by hearing the word. Giving ear to the law. What does that mean to give ear to the law? Pay attention to it. Study it. Right? Study the law again. Study the word of Abba again. Study the commandments of Abba. Do not say it's no longer relevant. It is very relevant. Is it enough to hear the word of Yahuwah Abba? What also is required from the remnant of Yahuwah God's people. Revelation twelve seventeen. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant, the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yahusha Christ. What also is our responsibility, being a remnant of Yahuwah's people, whom Yahuwah expects that we will do something to restore what has been trampled upon. Bible says we have to keep what? The commandments of God. And so it begins by heeding, hearing, hear the law, right? Keep the law. What else? Isaiah forty two ten. since sing to Yahuwah a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands, and all who live in them, let them give glory to Yahuwah and proclaim his works in the islands. For a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back, but now... Like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp and pant. Yahuwah is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. What does Yahuwah God want done with his law? That he expects us the remnant of the work that began in the islands of the sea during these ends of the earth. What does Yahuwah God expect us to do? What does he want? We will not be silent about the law. What does he want to happen with the law? To be magnified. And so when we look at the passage that pertains to our work, we can now say, we can now say, the work of the assembly is number one, to hear the law. You study it. That's the equivalent of studying, studying the law. Why? So we can keep the law. That's obeying the law. What else? Magnify the law, proclaiming the law to all, to all. And this is what we are presently doing. We hear the law, we study, we keep the law, we obey it, and we magnify the law because we proclaim the law of Yahuwah Abba. We don't say it is obsolete, we don't replace it, we don't say it's no longer relevant. No, we magnify the law of Yahuwah Abba, the commandments of our Allahim that He wrote with His fingers. Can you imagine? He wrote with His fingers. commandments and he will use his finger again to write it in our heart and our mind and we're going to say it's irrelevant we don't want to defy yahuwah we want to please him and so we must hear the law keep the law and magnify the law do you know what the apostles call the law of god that was preached during the days of moses do you know what it was called you might be surprised In the final passage of our studies today, Hebrews 4.2, we have heard the same good news that your ancestors heard, but the message didn't help those who heard it in the past because they didn't believe. And so the law of Moses, Yahuwah's commandments that was preached during the days of Israel is called what? The gospel. That's what gospel is, good news. And the apostles say that the good news now during the new covenant is the same good news as was preached in the Old Testament. And so if you're going to say that the Old Testament message or the laws of Exodus, Deuteronomy, if we're going to say that's obsolete, then it's like we're saying the good news today is also obsolete, right? Because it's one and the same. This is why we cannot say we have to reject the law of Moses. No, to reject the law of Moses is to reject Yahusha. Because he is the living Torah. He is the living Logos. He is the word of Yahuwah Allahim. He came to fulfill. Because he is the scriptures. To reject the scriptures is to reject Yahusha. To reject Yahusha is to reject Yahuwah Abba. However, as we receive this message... As we receive the gospel, as we receive the laws of Yahuwah Abba, we have to add faith. We must believe because if we do not believe, then we will not profit. We will not receive the fruit that comes from believing, which is the good works Yahuwah expects us to do. And that includes the promise of salvation and everlasting life. Let us stand, brethren, and we shall pray. Everlasting Abba. Yes. Merciful and loving Yahuwah Alaihi, thank you so much for the clarity of your words. Yes. Indeed, it is crystal clear, yes. it is light upon us, yes. and it comforts us with joy and delight Amen. to know that your laws bring joy in us. Yes. This is what your beloved son, our King Yahusha, emphasized yes. when he said to keep the commandments and experience joy. That nothing can measure. Joy that we can feel for ourselves. The same joy that our King Yahusha had. And so teach us every day, loving Abba, to listen to your laws. To examine and meditate upon them. To obey them with all of our ability. Because indeed that is the good news. Because it brings liberty from bondage. Salvation for our souls through our King Yahusha the living embodiment of your law. Our King Yahusha, we praise you. Thank you so much for being with us. Please teach us to walk by faith. We know now what that means. To walk in truth, to walk by faith, is to walk by the will of Abba, obeying his commandments by faith. Teach us to do that every day and to express love for you, love for Abba, love for our fellow human beings. Father, thank you so much for listening to our prayers today. May your holy words reach many people as we try and do our best to magnify your commandments. We ask and beg everything, loving Abba, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.